Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I am your host, and I'm a change and transformation specialist. Here at OB & Co, we work very closely with large retailers to help understand the challenges they're facing and highlight the changes and the transformation that is needed to drive more success, to drive a better customer experience, to drive growth and to drive profitability. We help you to evolve and take on complex changes within the highly competitive market. Thank you for tuning in to the Retail Transformation Show today. This one is episode 219, number 219. And first and foremost, I'd love to wish you a very happy new year. We're at the start of 2023 now, and the volatility and unpredictable nature of the last three years in particular suggest that we'll be in for another turbulent ride over the next 12 months. And of course, at the start of the year, there's lots of thoughts around resolutions, around predictions and what's going to happen. And actually, like I was just saying, that volatile nature suggests there is little value in that right now. However, there is value in really understanding and keeping a finger on the trends and the themes that are impacting the retail market right now. Now, there are still going to be some extreme scenarios which could come to fruition. Absolutely, that's always going to be the case. And last year proved that point, as did COVID, right? But looking at the trends and the themes that are within the retail market helps to focus the mind. It helps to make sure that you're thinking about the right topics that you're having the right conversations, that you're making the right moves in line with the market, in line with competitors, and in line, of course, with your customers and what they are looking for. And so today, we're going to be investigating seven different trends and themes that I suspect we'll be talking about a lot over the next 12 months. And all of these exist also, by the way, within the Evertrends that I spoke about in a previous episode. That's episode 200, where I identified eight different ever-trends of the retail industry. These are the topics that are always in our minds, always relevant. And if you've not listened to that episode, I do encourage you to go and listen to episode 200 of the Retail Transformation Show and understand what those ever-trends are. And so today, with those firmly in mind, we're also going to be thinking about how they're changing, how they're evolving, as well as some focused topics for 2023 as well. The show notes for today's episode are at obandco.uk slash 219. And as always, I heartily encourage you to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing as well. Now, this is my email newsletter where every week we look at the key headlines and developments within the retail industry. What innovations and insights are out there? How do these form into trends? All with the aim of helping to keep you firmly up to speed with how retail 
as an industry is evolving. It's absolutely free to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing, so head straight on over to obandco.uk slash 219. So let's dive into these seven themes and trends for 2023. First up, let's tackle the proverbial elephant in the room, and that is that we need to continue to brace for ongoing recession and inflation impacts. As the cost of living crisis continues, consumers are becoming more and more price conscious. They're looking for value. The hard-earned cash is limited, of course, and that limits spending power. It means consumers have to make choices around where they are spending their cash. And it means important considerations for shopping come to the fore. Aspects like trust. Do consumers trust that you are offering good value? You know, are your prices jumping around? Are you running fake promotions? All of these pricing tactics are noticed by consumers every time at the best of time, but especially when they're more price conscious as they are now. So how are you going to appeal to and be trusted by that price conscious consumer? Whatever sector of retail that you are in, even at the premium end of the market, this is still a consideration right now. And with consumers with limited spending power, this can impact the retail market on many different fronts. Bigger purchases are likely to be delayed. However, smaller purchases may be a way of providing some retail therapy to customers and give them the endorphin release that comes with shopping, but without the feeling of I'm breaking the bank or I feel bad or regretting that particular purchase. Following on from that, buyer's remorse could spike out in an even stronger way than usual, which could drive up returns. So consumers make a purchase on the website, in stores, whatever channel, and then after making that purchase, they feel that sense of regret, that buyer's remorse, as I say, and want to take up the returns proposition, right? Especially if there is a free returns proposition, that's going to be all the stronger. And equally, with limited spending power, we'll see consumers making choices about where they're spending their cash. And elements like holidays and travel are likely to be impacted, which will also, of course, have an impact on retail sectors, either from those travelling consumers or from travelling consumers getting ready, buying new outfits and so on. And then, of course, the other impact that we must be braced for, thinking about recession and inflationary impacts, is around shrink, unknown stock loss, theft, both from customers and also, unfortunately, from colleagues, so both external and internal shrink. And interestingly, the National Retail Federation in the US suggests that the biggest challenge on this front is going to be around organised crime, rather than spur-of-the-moment shoplifting. And this organised crime is tougher to tackle. It's premeditated, it's coordinated, it's targeted, it's purposeful, it's planned and equipped. And it can really be quite sizable too, impacting your bottom line for sure. So it's going to be essential when it comes to shrink that you are communicating, that you are understanding where you're exposed, where you've been hit, and sharing best practices across the entire estate as well. And of course, keeping abreast of what the wider market is seeing and feeling and experiencing as well. 
And finally, following a tough peak trading period, it's likely we'll see more distressed companies available for sale, either going into administration or bankruptcy, or readying themselves to be acquired. So we'll see more retail acquisitions and more retail consolidation as different retail groups buy more brands and more companies to grow their stable and their business. And of course, making acquisitions successful was a topic we explored in the recent episode, episode 215. So that's our first trend, our first theme for the year. And following on from that, there is going to be a greater focus on cost management. This is our second theme, linked, of course, very closely to the first. Now, cost management is, of course, always a topic for many businesses to take on. But where you've got a squeezed top line, it's the obvious easy answer, right? Look to cut costs. Maybe that's about reducing team size. Maybe that's about limiting overtime available or restricting expenses, squeezing your suppliers to give you better cost prices, deferring payments, deferring other purchases, asking for more from your people. And of course, there'll be some strategic cost cutting as well in the shape of various rationalization projects and programs to cut the tail on the store estate, for example, to review the range and simplify the number of products you have available, or perhaps even to investigate the different markets that you are trading in and cut back and pull back into the core markets. And these are going to be conversations that I had throughout the year, probably already started, right? But there are a couple of additional conversations that I think should be bolted on to those cost management conversations. Firstly, around driving productivity. Now, productivity is often used as a measure of your labor spend or your labor efficiency, should we say. But if we think more broadly than retail, productivity is usually defined as a measure of the output relative to the input. How much value are you creating with the investment that you are putting in? And now if we return to the retail market, we understand and monitor the inputs closely. Labor costs or hours, for example. But what as an industry we're not so good at is thinking about the output. Yes, of course, we keep an eye on the big output, aspects like sales or profit. But actually, what is it you are aiming to achieve with each different cost line, with each different investment? How does that work across different teams within the business? What is the goal? What is your productivity in terms of comparing your output to input? And this really all comes down to understanding the operating model, essentially. Do you understand the purpose of the different parts of your operating model? Do you understand why you are paying for each different part of the process, for each different part of the business? So I think you should be thinking more about how can you drive productivity by understanding the operating model. That's the first conversation that you need to bolt on to this cost management conversation. And then the second topic is around getting back to basics. Now, this is something that I always advocate. The simple things in retail, perhaps not so exciting. Perhaps we think we do them already, but there is always opportunity for improvement and they always drive huge amounts of value for the customer and therefore to the business as well. I'm talking about basics like how to ensure great availability, 
how to give clear, consistent, fair prices, how you can make sure you've got a market-aligned proposition, and hopefully even aspire to be market-leading, right? And even how do you make sure you've got friendly and helpful customer service there to serve And that back to basics theme can flow through the entire business, right? It's not just the customer facing elements. How do you make sure you are providing interesting jobs? How are you giving people the right tools to do their job, for example? And so really think about how you can get back to basics. Be open to the idea that you could be better at these basics than you already think you are. These fundamentals are so essential to the the strong running of any retail business, in my view. And I think if you're thinking about cost management, you absolutely must be thinking about how do you make sure those costs are invested in the right way and you're getting the best bang for your buck. Moving on, our third theme is around the shifting channel mix and in particular, evolving digital channels. The growth of digital channels is of course a long-term trend. So I want to zoom in a little bit more. But in particular, there are three digital channels that I wanted to talk about right now. Firstly, the metaverse. With the metaverse, there's been loads of hype and loads of experiments as well. More companies have been dabbling in what the metaverse could be. But in my view, I think there is genuine value in it. But right now, we're still awaiting a breakthrough experience or a vehicle, should we say, to really build the audience. It's still quite niche. We're still talking early adopters at the moment. And so a bit like how Apple's iPod revolutionized digital music and MP3s, I think we're still waiting for what is going to be the proverbial Metapod. (laughs) The iPod for the metaverse, I mean, but actually maybe Metapod is a good term, right? (laughs) But, you know, what's going to be that innovation, that breakthrough, like I say, that drives the mass market into the metaverse. And I just don't think we've seen it yet. So it is going to be interesting to see how the metaverse evolves. We'll continue to see more companies experimenting. And at some stage, we'll get that breakthrough, I'm sure. Is that in 2023? I'm not sure. (laughs) I'll tell you at the end of the year. The second evolving digital channel is around live stream and video commerce. Now, we've spoken about the opportunities of live streaming in particular in previous episodes of the podcast. And it's an opportunity that the Western world, the US and the European markets in particular, haven't fully realized relative to, for example, China. There are still great opportunities out there and we'll continue to see more companies experimenting with live streaming and in particular on-demand shoppable video as well. A really exciting space with bags of opportunity. And then the third evolving digital channel, very closely connected, is around social shopping, social commerce. And we're continuing to see more and more shopping features being added into social apps whether it's Instagram, whether it's TikTok, or even whether it's the next big social media platform or app, which will inevitably become heavily commerce enabled as it grows. And what's interesting is we're starting to see younger consumers using social platforms more and more for search and discoverability. 
they're not turning to the Google search bar, they're turning to the TikTok search bar. And social commerce is more engaging. And I am increasingly starting to think about social commerce versus traditional commerce as almost selling the features and the benefits. So traditional commerce, be it on shops or be it on e-commerce websites, largely has been around selling the features. But social commerce brings in the benefits side through adding in lifestyle shots, videos, real customer perspectives and experiences. And social shopping is a two-way communication. And that's going to build customer loyalty. It's going to build brand love, frankly. And with that, we're seeing more and more focus on influencer platforms across all of these different digital channel evolutions, the metaverse, live streaming and shoppable video and social commerce as well. And as more retailers expand into micro influencers to create content and earn commission, it really starts to evolve the whole of digital commerce with more user generated content from influencers, from other customers, purchases are considered more trusted. You're seeing or hearing from the person reviewing the product rather than perhaps thinking, you know, is this a, a fake review? And that's been an issue certainly for the past few years, less so on monitored review platforms like Trustpilot, but it's still a challenge. However, when it comes to trust, we of course still need to work out how to overcome the number one challenge with influencers. And that is, what do they actually think if they're not being paid? And just before we move on, the other factor to consider when we're starting to think about live streams and the metaverse and social commerce and influencers are that the customers that are adopting those digital channels are likely to be the same customers. They Venn diagram is heavily overlapping, right? And the question you must consider is, are they your customers? Should they be your customers? And actually, what does that proverbial Venn diagram look like for your customer group at the moment? How is that changing as well? So really consider how your channels are evolving. And then moving on to our fourth, again, very closely connected theme is the ongoing battle between stores and online. Now, of course, let's rewind for a little while. Up to 2019, we saw heavy growth in e-commerce across all markets, but some more than others. COVID, of course, then happened. And for many categories, when stores are closed, all trade goes to online. So we saw this big spike up, right? You remember that. And then when stores reopened, we saw a massive return to stores. And we're still balancing out, in my opinion, what that looks like and how that is going to evolve in the long run. Certainly, I think the trend we saw pre-2019 is the ongoing trajectory, but it does change depending on which category or niche you are in as well. However, at the same time as this ongoing trend, we've got increasing cost and complexity of trading online. Aspects like privacy mean that it is adding complications for e-commerce retailers. You know, there is more confusion over metrics based on tracking visibility. You've got a horizon of cookies disappearing next year, 2024. You've got ad costs spiraling upwards, where it's increasingly challenging to find the perfect niche with more competitors looking to get in on keywords. But also, there are more ad platforms now, including retail media platforms like Amazon, for example. And yet with this battle of stores versus online, 
you've also got to consider the evolving lifestyle and in particular where work from home ends up because of course that impacts where people are and where they're living. Plus of course what people need to buy. So whilst we'll certainly hear lots of hype about stores, it's not going to be for every retailer. We'll also hear lots of hype about e-commerce. And again, I'm reminded of a previous episode, episode 160, Stores versus Online, which is best. If you're not sure, go and check that episode out and find out where my views lie. Our next big topic is the expansion of resale. And right now is the perfect time for resale from my perspective for three reasons. Firstly, the sustainability angle. Resale helps deliver a more circular economy and a better lifespan per product produced. Next, consumers can pick up products at a lower cost, particularly, of course, if they are a price conscious consumer, as we were talking about earlier. And thirdly, connected to that, there is an income opportunity for consumers to sell their products and help keep the retail cycle going. However, moving into resale is actually quite complex. There are a lot of moving parts and much of the operating model is going to need to be new or altered significantly, whether it be around systems or stock flows or processes or even being able to grade products based on their quality. Defining pricing strategies, both prices to buy and prices to sell. Defining new guarantee and returns policies. Balancing brand reputation in terms of quality and value, whilst also ensuring that there is a sufficient volume of resale items to sell. A reasonable proposition, if you will. So there are loads of considerations, and that's why it's a complex change to make. But also you need to consider, are you doing resale as a platform or as an operation? And by that, I mean, are you essentially offering a platform, a marketplace for customers to connect with each other and buy from each other? Or are you running it as an operation where you are standing over the products and the performance? You know, you are getting hands on with the product to, like I say, grade. This is a high quality, low quality, whatever maybe price the products, maybe refurbish the products or clean the products, whatever that looks like for your particular category. And that's another big consideration to to fold in as well. But we are seeing more companies expanding into resale. We are seeing consumers demanding more resale opportunities as well. So ultimately, in 2023, we're going to be talking about resale and the resale opportunity and probably the resale challenges as well in a lot more detail. Our next theme is unlocking marketplaces. Over the past 12 months, we've seen many different retailers already open and launch their marketplaces, and I'm sure plenty more retailers are working on their marketplace proposition right now. And it is seen as a good, simple, relatively, option to expand the business. There's limited cost and investment. There's no working capital. There's no space requirements. And you could potentially produce some quite exciting numbers if you manage to attract more customers. You can increase basket size. You can boost loyalty and time to repeat purchase. You know, that sounds amazing. However, marketplaces are complex also. 
they're not an instant win and they need work to develop the business. This is not, unfortunately, a build it and they shall come opportunity. There are opportunities and challenges as with all options, right? You know, think about how you could collaborate more with the brands and the suppliers on the marketplace, going over and above just listing more products. You know, how can you overcome the challenges of having a customer make a multi-vendor order? How do you make a shipping proposition good value, but also not unprofitable? How do you ensure that a potentially massive range explosion is valuable for customers and it's not overwhelming. It's not diluting your existing proposition. Now, arguably, you could just open a marketplace and say, hey, there's a load of stuff. Do you want to buy it? But that's not particularly tempting for many customers, right? So think about how aspects like personalization could help your customers explore the marketplace. How could you curate a range of relevant products rather than just listing as much as possible, for example? And how do you make that clear? These are all the challenges and the opportunities to unlock with marketplaces, whether you have already opened a marketplace, whether you are working on that particular proposition, or whether you are maybe considering it at some stage in 2023. There's a lot more to this topic than meets the eye. And I think we'll start talking a lot more about those details. And then the final trend or theme for the new year is to beware of cyber threats. Now, I have to be honest, this is not particularly sexy, or at least not to me. But like all security aspects, it's not particularly sexy. Like locking the front door of your store or your warehouse, for example. Sounds boring, but if you don't do it, you know it's going to be hugely painful when it does go wrong. And that's cyber security and cyber threats to me, right? And I think we're starting to see more and more cyber threats and cyber issues coming to the forefront. Payment card fraud, relatively low impact overall, but high frequency. Hackers attempting to steal payment card information, maybe directly from you or maybe from another source and then attempting to spend through you. But you need to be able to protect against more skimming devices, as well as protecting brand reputation following, for example, phishing attacks where a hacker is posing as your company, maybe in someone's email inbox, WhatsApp inbox, text message inbox, whatever. There are loads of ransomware attacks happening, which can be particularly damaging for retailers as they disrupt business operations at a critical time and could result in lost sales or ransom payments and lots of distraction for sure. And data breaches is another hugely sensitive topic for retailers. We're talking big impact, but less frequent now. You know, since GDPR in particular, retailers recognize just how much sensitive customer information they have or confidential customer data they have, both personal information, but also financial information as well. And if this is not properly secured, it can be vulnerable to theft. And then there's denial of service attacks and loads of other different cyber threats. And really, more and more so, we need to think about cyber security to protect the whole retail ecosystem that you exist within. You know, you've got an ecosystem of systems, so to speak, blending in marketing systems like CRMs and finance systems, 
accounting systems as well, of course, HR systems, payroll systems, operational systems to run warehouses, POS, etc. Loads of different tools, often from third parties, pulled together into an architecture that runs the company. But we've also got an ecosystem of companies as well. All of these companies, plus a complex network of supply chain, all of which have become more visible and more thoughtful over the past few years. So ultimately, there are loads more companies involved, all connected up, quite tightly integrated at times, probably with a mix of different geographies, different levels of maturity, some big established enterprise players, coupled with some smaller startups, for example. And all of these different companies are sources of attack. You can't just think about your own four walls, right? Because actually, this bigger ecosystem that you exist within could have vulnerabilities across any of their systems or their supply chains, which could be targeted and exploited by attackers which could result in loss of data or disruption or other cyber threats for you. And I think this is a big topic because up to now, it's existed primarily within the IT world. But more and more so, I think we'll start to think about cyber threats and cybersecurity as a business challenge, which it is, right? So start to understand more about cyber threats and cybersecurity over the course of the year because I suspect we'll be talking a lot more about that going forward. And so those are our seven trends or seven retail themes to look out for in 2023. Just reflecting back quickly, they were number one, bracing for the ongoing recession and inflationary impact. Number two, a greater focus on cost management and the additional two conversations you must bolt on. Number three, was thinking about the channel shifts and in particular, the evolving digital channels. And number four, still thinking about channel shifts, the battle of stores versus online. And both of those are expansions of one of the ever trends around omnichannel, right? For number five, we were talking about expanding into the resale market. Trend number six was around unlocking marketplaces really jumping into the opportunities and challenges that these face to really maximize the opportunity for you. And finally, our seventh trend was beware of cyber threats and understand cybersecurity. So those are the big topics that I think we need to be thinking about and we will be thinking about much more in 2023. And I'd of course love to hear from you. What other topics do we need to be thinking about? Feel free to reach out on LinkedIn or send me a message, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. I'll put my email on the show notes page today at obandco.uk slash 219. And I once again encourage you to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing as well to understand the insights and the evolution of the retail market every single week as it happens in a short five-minute briefing obandco.uk slash 219. Now, also on the show notes, I'm going to put some additional listening for you. Three episodes to catch up on. Firstly, listen to episode 200, the ever trends of retail. We spoke about this 
right at the start of the show. It's a great episode with topics that are always top of mind for the retail industry. Also earlier on, I made reference to episode 160 called Stores Versus Online, Which is Best? And then my third recommended episode was the previous episode, an episode called Retail Review of the Year 2022, where we stepped through the past 12 months looking at the big headlines, the big evolutions, and what that means for the ongoing retail market as well. So absolutely, those trends and themes that we spoke about and the ever trends evolve through into this year as well. So thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Do let me know what your thoughts are and do please tell your colleagues, tell your contacts, your network about this episode. Share which trend, which theme you are most excited by, which you are most passionate about. I'd love to hear from you and I appreciate you as always tuning into the show. So happy new year once again. And I look forward to joining you on another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now.